This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Rays reporter Bill Chastain on the podcast this week. We're going to look ahead to the 2017 winter meetings. We're also going to look back on the 2012 winter meetings, uh, which were an interesting meetings for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, We'll touch on some other things as well. I wanted to start on the hot stove, which is warming up a little bit, Bill, not necessarily for the Rays, but all around. Uh, Shohei Otani has limited his list to seven finalists. Unfortunately, the Rays not among those seven teams, as we kind of anticipated and spoke a little bit about last week on the podcast. So he will be uh, meeting with seven teams and trying to figure out where he will end up for next season. Um, As far as trade rumors with the Rays, it seems like there's still a lot of smoke about Colome and and whether or not he'll get dealt. And he's a guy on that roster, right, that makes a lot of sense if the Rays are going to deal somebody when you look at his contract what he might be able to bring back. He seems to be a logical guy that they could move. Yeah, and when you factor in the, that the uh, team's owner, Stu Sternberg, has you know kind of said they're going to lower the payroll this year, um, you got to look for ways to do that. And uh, Colome is projected by a lot of people to make probably $5 million plus through arbitration. So you know, if you do the math, he might be one of the guys that would be likely candidate to go. Early in the the offseason, we heard the Twins and Colome. More recently, there's been some reports about maybe the Cardinals. And then uh, I saw one report by John Paul Morosi of MLB Network and MLB.com. He mentioned that if Stanton falls through for the Cardinals, maybe the Cardinals would kind of broaden that trade and and try to pull in Colome and maybe go after a guy like Evan Longoria. Now, obviously, that's a big name that, that draws some headlines what would it take for the Rays to consider parting ways with really the guy who's been the face of the franchise for so long? Well, I mean, first I think it's going to be interesting to see which way they, they go. I mean, right now it's kind of looking like they are going to go, you know, I, want, I, I hate to use the word gut, but I would say reduce themselves significantly. I know they didn't, you know, they traded Brad Boxberger and, um, you know that was was that the first you know the precursor to other moves like that. Uh, now I do think Longoria is in another you know a whole another realm as far as uh, what the Rays think of him and how they value him. So I think it would take a pretty you know good chunk to get him. But by the same token, you know he's he's coming up on his five and ten. Uh, you know so you know if if they were going to move him, it would look like they would want to move him before that came into being. But uh, I do think it would take a lot because I think he's kind of viewed as the leader and kind of the heart of the team. Yeah, and you mentioned 5 and 10, of course. Players who are 10 years in the big leagues, 5 with one team, have those full no-trade, 
I guess they get the ability to, to have that no trade clause in the contract. Um, so yeah, if you're going to trade him, it would probably have to be for that because he just feels like a guy that's comfortable with that organization is happy to be with that organization. So with the possibility of scaling down payroll and rumors like this, uh, when you look ahead to the winter meetings, which start on Sunday into Monday down in Orlando, Florida, Bill, usually the Rays are a fairly quiet organization at the winter meetings, doing a lot of talking, but uh, not necessarily pulling the trigger on any big moves. Does this make it more likely that maybe they'll be more active because of the, the chance to, to deal away some contracts and scale down, as you put it? And that probably depends on how far they got at the GM meetings. Um, historically, like you said, they have... Uh, always just kind of put parameters for deals together and talk with other clubs about, you know, finding interest and, you know, if, to see if they had a match. And it always seems like, you know, it's shortly after the winter meetings when these deals come to fruition. So, um, you know, I'm, I imagine they'll be talking with everybody, particularly if, you know, I, I'm still waiting to see, like I said, you know, what their plan is for the off season. Are they going to try and build around some of their veterans or are they going to trade those guys and, and go to a totally, you know, uh, youth movement. Um, I don't expect them to go to the total youth movement. They've never done that. But, you know, when you try and guess what these guys do, you know, you can get brain freeze. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go. It is interesting, too, because they do have team-friendly contracts on a lot of their big-name players. Longoria, um, you know, you'd save money by trading him, but he actually has a team-friendly deal. Chris Archer has a team-friendly deal. So I think you're right. It makes a lot more sense to maybe make some tweaks and and try to catch some breaks and, and make a run with who you have if you can add the right pieces. You mentioned oftentimes they set up deals at the winter meetings as opposed to getting them done at the winter meetings. And that brings us to 2012, which was... Um, I guess an important winter meetings for this Tampa Bay Rays team. And one of the reasons is what you just said. They put together the groundwork for a big trade at the winter meetings that turned out to happen later. James Shields, Wade Davis, Will Myers, Jake Odorizzi. That big deal uh, started coming together at the 2012 winter meetings. And if you look at that deal, both teams won. You know, the Rays got the rookie of the year. They got Odorizzi for a longer time than than what James Shields was. The Royals got James Shields, who really kind of, you know, has been credited for kind of getting them, you know, kind of helping a young team shape their mentality for a team that eventually won the World Series. So um, I think it was a win-win for both teams. But, you know, according to, you know, what we heard, the, the parameters for that deal were put together at those winter meetings. So, you know, they're not usually the, the team that makes the big splash at the winter meetings, but they are usually behind the scenes, um, you know, setting the table for, what they might do in that same winter meetings. They also did get a deal done. They brought in uh, Yanel Escobar. He acquired him for Derek Dietrich. Talk about that deal because uh, it feels like that was one where the Rays, when you look back on it, won that trade. Well, I mean, Dietrich's done, you know, had a decent career for the Marlins, but um, you know, they, the Rays got the good uh, Escobar for at least a year and a half. And, and uh, I say that because sometimes he could be a little bit uh, flighty, um, but, you know, when you see him and he's playing well, he's really a talented player, and he really helped the Rays when he was, uh, particularly that first year uh, at shortstop. 
So that's a look back at 2012, a memorable year as far as winter meetings go with this uh, Tampa Bay Rays team. Uh, last week on the podcast, Bill, we talked about non-tender decisions and the possibilities for the Rays and Danny Echeverria and Brad Miller, Jesus Sucre. All those guys ended up getting tendered deals. The one guy that the team non-tendered was Xavier Cedeno, but it seems like, sounds like, they may be able to bring him back as well. Well, they, you know, they certainly haven't burned any bridges on that, and it probably wouldn't be a bad move for Cedeno to sign back with them. Uh, they're familiar with his, uh, you know, maladies. He's he's had some health problems the past two seasons, um, and you know, who knows what kind of demand is going to be for him? But he is left-handed, and like the great Skip Carey once said, if if uh, Frank Tanana, when he was out there pitching in the mid '40s, if if he was uh, right-handed, they'd be calling him coach. So. Um, you know, this, this guy, he's left-handed, and, and when he's healthy, he gets guys out. He's a great guy to bring in and, and you know, get that left-handed out. Is the fact that they did tender contracts to Miller and Echeverry and Sucre, does that kind of support your thought that this is a team that does not want to necessarily tear things down because you could have gotten rid of those contracts uh, by non-tendering those guys, but they bring them back and they can be valuable pieces? Or is it more a situation where they think maybe those guys have enough value that they could be trade pieces? I think uh, all of them have trade value yeah. if, if they do decide to go that way. I mean, Hatcheveria, we, we saw what he could do at shortstop. Miller's one year removed from a 30 home run season. You know, so, and Sucre, you know, he, he really came a long way last year offensively. Uh, and his value as a, a defensive catcher is, is pretty well known. So uh, all three of those are, are valuable pieces. But, um, you know, they actually, you know, just like we were talking about Hatcheveria last week, uh, if they, you know, decide to trade him, you know, you've got Matt Duffy, uh, maybe uh, Willie Adamas comes in there. Uh, same thing with Brad Miller. We're not, you know, even talking to uh, Heim Bloom the other day. He wasn't even sure quite what they, where they were going to put uh, uh, Miller next year. Uh, you know, he brings him a lot of flexibility and plays shortstop, second base, first base, and the outfield. And even if he has struggled some with the glove, <clears throat> being able to play all those positions is, you know, there's certainly a value to that. And I guess that also opens things up as to it. It kind of broadens the number of players that you can go after to fill holes because you don't necessarily have to go out now and find a first baseman to fill the hole until Jake Bowers is definitely ready because you could move Miller there and fill a different hole, right? It gives them, I guess it gives them more options for the rest of the offseason. Totally. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting. We'll see if maybe in Orlando at the winter meetings next week, if this Rays team can... uh, have some fire to go with the smoke and, and maybe pull off some deals. We'll certainly see. That'll be the next time that we get together to record this podcast. Uh, this has been MLB.com Extras, our Rays edition. For Bill Chastain, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.